When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room podcast, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online. It's brought to you in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. We've got a point on the board, Cardiff City, and we're going to discuss that nil-nil draw against Newcastle and, and the upcoming game against Huddersfield, as well as other Bluebirds topics with Nathan Blake, of course. Hello to you. Good afternoon, Dominic. And we're joined by Jamie Kemble as well. Thanks for coming on, Jamie. Important talk. So let's get straight into it, chaps. Let's get straight into really probably one of the more eventful nil-nils we're likely to see at Cardiff City Stadium, Blakey. Mm. Positives to be drawn from that nil-nil with Newcastle? Lots of positives, I felt, Dom. I felt it was, um, you know, compared to the Bournemouth uh, game and result, it was, you know, polar opposite, really. Um, a lot of fight, a lot of good spirit, um, some good team play at times. Um, and they looked like they knew what they were doing against Bournemouth. They looked like they, they like a bit of a rabbit in the headlights to be honest with you um, but Bournemouth do counter-attack a lot quicker than Newcastle but uh, you know between the two teams very similar you only had to put um, the big man Rondon on, on for Newcastle and those two teams were literally identical yeah. for me and uh, it was no surprise that it ended up you know 0-0 zero, zero. Cardiff had chances they probably didn't have clear-cut chances uh, bring you in at this point Jamie some discussion for, um, about Cardiff need, needing to create more in the final third. Cardiff look at least looking better in midfield though. Um, Harry Arta and Victor Camaras are both impressive on debut. Yeah, absolutely. I think Harry Arta was sort of breath of fresh air. Um, even though Cardiff fans have enjoyed this sort of more direct style across the last year, I think it was great to see Arta coming in and playing some football. Um, just added that balance to the midfield. Lots of patience on the ball. And I think with Arthur and Camaras, the defence trusted the two. They trusted them to play into the midfield and they trusted them to play through the lines rather than thinking, you know, maybe Patterson isn't going to be able to hold up the ball in midfield so we have to kick it long. They were happy to play the ball through and, and Arthur was, is obviously very good at sort of slowing play down and bringing in other players to, to the play. And Camaras too, Blakey, you told us that he was a, he was a good player, that he liked the ball mm, at his feet. He, look, mm. he looked to really drive the ball through midfield at times. He was excellent, I felt. I felt um, <laughs> Diame tried to... I think Diame was in the impression I'm going to be... You're a big fan of Diame, isn't I you? love him, yeah. I think he's a great player. I think we missed a bit of a trick there last season in signing him. And you can see now how you know important he is to Newcastle. But up against... Uh, Diame, I thought Camaras did really well. I thought Diame thought I'm going to bully this kid. I'm going to physically impose myself. And, I mean, like um, debut and all that. Yeah, and and to be fair, Camaras, he was almost he got under Diame's skin. I felt you know because he was so tricky and 
so clever with the ball and you know there's a couple of times he like I think he lobbed one over and him over and his dicked, head yeah, didn't he yeah, touch yeah. I was laughing he almost didn't know where the ball was <laughs> so, so I think at that point he was getting a bit frustrated but um, I felt they could have could have uh, where Jamie says they played through the lines I don't think they played through the lines enough yeah I felt it was more than obviously they did against Bournemouth because they didn't at all against Bournemouth but I do feel with Camarasa and Arda ahead of Rouse, Rouse has to get the ball more. He has to. There was times where he could have made himself available and didn't, right? Because he's thinking to himself from a defensive standpoint, I just need to be in the right position when it breaks down, rather than thinking, okay, I'm going to join in and just keep things ticking because there are only five, ten, fifteen yard passes he needs to adopt into his game. It's, it's, it's not saying to him you need to spray it like 60, 70 metres. It's just always been available and always been on the angle as that holding anchor man, that number six. He has to, he's the person, he's the link between the back four and the midfield two and the wide two. So he's, he's got such an important role, Rals. And I just felt if he now can step up again and start to adopt that into his game, thinking, right, I'm the, I'm the man who's going to make us tick. Yeah, I'm going to get the ball and give it to players who I know, Murphy, Rapid, Hoylet, you know, Arters, Camarasas. I'm going to just get it and give it, get it, give it. And I felt he was more concentrated, which I understand totally, on defensive duties because you don't want to lose. It was the same when um, Reedy came on. He came on and sat on Shelby and rather than think, right, I'm going to stretch Shelby because they're down to 10 men, he was thinking, I'm going to stop Shelby. You know yeah, really? it was, it was irritating. It, it, the it, didn't have enough an effect, really. When no, he had 10 because he was, he was thinking more defensively. And I, listen, when you play the game, you understand it because what you're going on and thinking, don't want to be the one who makes a mistake. Oh, I don't want to lose this game. Yeah, We need a point. We've got a point. I don't want to be the one making a mistake or not tracking a run or anything like that. So I understand it. And that's why I say it was a great point because I think the boys, as time goes on, their confidence will grow into right thinking forward first and my defensive duty second. Just while we're on midfield, what, what did you actually make, Jamie, what did you make of Rouse in, in that role? Because Blakey and I and Paul discussed last week on who we might thought play, play in front of the back four with the absence of Gunnison. Does Rouse seem like a natural fit? We thought Arta could do it, but obviously we saw Arta push on a little bit more. Yeah, I thought he did quite well. Um, quite a quiet influence as you sort of get from Rouse. And as Blakey said... Um, I don't think he he wasn't he wasn't bold at all. Uh, but that comes from when you put in a position sort of for the first time. It's not somewhere where he's played, so he's thinking, I'm better off protecting the team defensively. Mm. Um, and as as my confidence grows, I can I can get a bigger influence in the, in the attacking game. And, and Neil Warnock would have said that to him as well. You know, this is your first game in this position. Nothing silly. Uh, if we need the point, we get the point. Um, and then in, in, as you go on and get used to this position, you can get better. Obviously have more of an influence as Blakey says mm, it's such a key position six well I was going to say dare I say the name Marco Gruich because that's something that he did very well last season he's, on a, he's a lovely player with bringing the ball, the ball out and, and always making himself available I don't know maybe an idea is if Joe's going to play that position for the next couple of weeks what I do is maybe go and watch some footage of last season or watch some footage of a player who, who plays that number six position and watch how important and how much goes through that player Yeah, you know and just it you're only you're just trying to evolve as a player 
constantly, continuously, as simple as that. You know what I mean, there's no criticism. It's right. Can I? Can I? Can I be better next game? Well, in two games we've seen Cardiff evolve. Uh, they have to an extent. Totally. They, like they, I said, they, it, they were like they were, it was chalk and cheese. Yeah. In comparison, let's talk about a couple of the games flashpoints before we we move on to our debate and to Huddersfield. Let's talk about Kennedy, Blakey. Um, Lucky to be on the pitch. Don't know how the referee yeah. didn't see it, although I didn't see it, and Rob Phillips didn't see it. Yeah. And we were commentating, so you know. Rob said to me, apparently, there's, you know, Kennedy has lashed out. And, you know, I, I consider myself not to miss a trick, but I missed that one. I didn't see it. And then when I watched on uh, Match of the Day, it was so obvious. Yeah. It was, and the referee was literally three yards away. So, I think that benefited him. Benefited him yeah, because he was looking where yeah. the ball is going rather than the, best the incident. Away. Yeah, yeah. And in plain sight. Um, Arta? The challenge that he that people were saying he I mean I thought the one that when he tripped Hosselu Hosselu was since posted about this on Instagram to ask Newcastle fans if he should be a red I thought it was a, just a stonewall yellow I thought it was just a trip from Arta Craig mm. Bellamy saying on TV that it should have been a red uh, I can understand because it was uh, it was a lash it wasn't just a trip there's a difference a trip mm. and uh, I remember it was a professional foul wasn't it but it was a hard one. Right, mm. but I remember uh, Leroy Fur doing it for Swansea last year. The rules, and he—it was just like it was at the disdain. It was like it was almost as if there's no referee involved, and he just blatantly, like they call it prison rules. Because, and yeah, and and I said then, you know, it was deserved of a, of a red card. I mean, and I would say Arthur's was deserved of a red card, though I would have given it a yellow, and I would have given the other one a yellow. But one was a red and Arthur's was a yellow. And I would say Arthur's was probably more aggressive. So in this day and age, you are lucky to get away with that. I, th- with I thought both Arthur and the Hayden one, which was given mm. a red, I thought they were both oranges. Mm. I thought they were both really borderline, mm. Um, mm. but probably not red. I think it's, I don't, I think it's the intent now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And where he's caught him high on the shin, you know, it was just, it, it, it was just like, there was absolutely no attempt well, to, play, no the ball, to play the ball just, just in the, the old days you say I just cropped him you know what I mean it's that's just, made it red for me I think yeah. because because he's just gone to kick the player and he hasn't only got to trip the player yeah, he, he has really gone to kick well, him well that's what I'm saying if it was a trip if yeah. you clip his ankle or clip his foot yeah. and he clips his ankle and goes over you kind of say alright but he's kind of dived in and, and like swung him Booted him. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones that does look worse when it's slowed down yeah. because you see how much intent he puts into it. When, yeah. it's, in, it, when it's quick, he sort of it looks more like a clip, even though it does look. Like yeah, a clip. it looks as like it, it a looks professional softer. foul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kennedy stayed on. Arta stayed on. Arta went on to have a, a brilliant game. Kennedy went on to have, let's say, not a brilliant game. Yeah. Um, the penalty incident before we got onto the, the actual save. Yeah, it was a penalty for me. Yeah, Neil Warnock said said as much as well. Just insane. Uh, and then Neil Lethbridge steps up and. Saves his second penalty in two weeks. I mean, when he was signed from Warsaw on a free transfer, you know, just over a year ago. Yeah. Did we expect him to be saving penalties in the Premier League week after week? Uh, I wouldn't get too carried away with it. It's two penalties and they're two fantastic saves. I have to give him a lot of credit. And I don't think no one envisaged him, you know, doing what he's done and even keeping out some like Smithies this season. But he's done it. You have to give the boy a lot of credit, and they've not been fortunate saves. You know he's made the save. You know clearly, um, and I thought he had a great game again. Two back to back, two very good games. Sometimes his kicking is a bit dubious 
which tends to bring a bit of trouble. Um, but other than that, I think if he works on his on his kicking, I mean, not in a way that just kick it away. I mean, work on it now in a, a way to set up offence because that's the way the game is going. I think, you know, he's great size, great stature. Um, you know, he, he's only going to get better for me. What does, uh, what does it mean for Alex Smithies? Because he would presumably sign thinking he can put put pressure on Etheridge, if not overtake him for the jersey. Etheridge has, has been the standout Cardiff player for the first two weeks, you have to say. What does this mean for Smithies? Well, that's the life of a goalkeeper, isn't it? If, you, if you're not number one, you're sitting on the bench. and that's the life of any player, Jay. <laughs> There's more than 11 players, that's the way it is. Definitely, two centre-forwards, yeah. three centre-forwards, you know what I mean? But the, if you're a centre-forward, you can get 20 minutes at the end to yeah. show what you're worth, but if you're a goalkeeper, you might have to wait until Etheridge gets injured. He does mm. go away with the Asian Cup, obviously, uh, at the turn of the year, which might be Smithy's only chance to stake a claim. Mm. That's how it is, isn't it, when you come into a club and he would have known that Etheridge was there last season, did a really good job, albeit he was dropped for one game. And in, in a championship season, that's quite a good, good effort to just be dropped for one game because you see how, how quickly managers can dispose of keepers, like, like you did with Ben Amos and uh, when Neil Warnock first came. Um, but that's just the way it is. Like you said, Smithies will get his chance. And funny enough, he was signed and sort of built up as this great penalty saver himself, Smithies. That's yeah. true, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cardiff have got a, quite a good record of penalty saving keepers. I mean, back to Neil, when we were at Neil Alexander here. I mean, he never saved a penalty in his life. And then since then, sort of Marshall and Heaton, we've had some great penalty savers down the years and now they've got two more. Mm. Let's hope it doesn't get to the point where Cardiff feel like they can't even <laughs> a penalty. Yeah. It's definitely going to be saved. Yeah. 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 I think that's probably a risky game to play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have a short break now and then we'll go on to our main debate for the podcast. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. So my question for today's debate in part two is how can Cardiff score more goals? Much of this discussion is probably going to centre on Kenneth Sahor, so it's a pity that uh, Abbo isn't here to, to fight his corner, Blakey. Mm-hmm. But obviously, a former Cardiff striker yourself, Sahor mm-hmm. in focus. I was a left winger, actually, Dom. Why? Well, he played, a lot. He played a lot up front as well. Centre back, centre back, centre mid, centre forward, right mid. Right back. As a former Cardiff utility man myself, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, no, what, what did you make of Zahor against Newcastle? Because he, he did have some critics. Um, it's difficult to say. I think there needs to be more link-up play. You know, if I look at someone like I looked Saturday and seen the form that Murphy was in, he was like he was electric, wasn't he? He was non-existent for ten minutes, right? And you can see he was getting frustrated and trying to get in the game. And what I love about him is, as soon as he gets it, he just wants to beat his fullback. He wants to tear him up, like he wants to embarrass him. And he just come into the game and probably never left it till he was substituted. And he's the one player who always seems to have time. I love it when I see the player receive the ball and then slow it down, walk with it a bit, and then speed it up again. You know, that's what the game is all about. Um, so I look at Zahor and think, you know, he's got players, he's used to playing with Hoyland, he's got Murphy playing with him, you know, he's got to be thinking to himself, those two players are the boys I've got to link into to get goals. Cardiff also need to get midfielders, whether it's Arta holding the box, 
and um, I don't know Murphy coming in on the fire stick or vice versa or uh, Camarasa holding the box or joining in the box they do need to get they need to be thinking you've got to have if Murphy's crossing it you've got to have three men minimum in the box and one maybe arriving around the box you're looking to get three or four men in the box from an attack and at the moment it just seems to be Kenneth and another mm. which is usually Hoylet or Murphy depending on which side the ball's coming in from so they are going to have to work more I think that needs work though in the final third and another thing I would say is to Camarasa Arta and um, Rals just look out for Murphy's diagonal run right because I've seen him do it I've seen him do it pre-coming to Cardiff City and that's why I think he can be a striker. That's why I think that's why I think he would be a he's a massive threat on the wing, but I think he'd be a huge threat down the middle also, because I think he's got great finishing ability, but he makes really little intelligent runs. Like he's stood on the left hand side and he makes a little dart and running behind the centre back. And because the centre back is usually thinking I'm focused on Zahor, yeah, it's quite clever of him. So that's where Cardiff I said last week need to be a bit cuter and recognise Murphy is always looking to make that run diagonal and in behind so it's just a little flipper over the top or a little slot through but if you see him attempting it and it breaks down I'm not bothered because they've, it just shows that they've seen it but often they're not seeing the run that forward players are making so it's not just about Zahor scoring goals there's lots of little different elements that are going on also, which need to be addressed really, and need to be you know highlighted. Are they playing to Zahor's strength though? Because you talk about the need to get crosses in, and Murphy did that really well, beating his man, getting a cross in. We know Mendes Lang likes to do that too, but a lot of those aerial balls into Zahor, he doesn't aerial ability doesn't seem to be his biggest strength. No, he's it? not a great header of the ball, is he? You wouldn't put him down as a. Uh, you a few know, wayward horns against Newcastle. Yeah, he's not. He, he's no. He's he's noted for holding up the ball, backing in, turning players and running them. Yeah. You know, that's that's his strength basically. Um but again, you know, you're not too old, you go and work on your heading. You know, you you get fifty crosses after training and no volleys, no side foots, headers only, you know. You do come out with a a really sore tender forehead for a couple of days, but it soon yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah, it soon goes. But he does need to. What I felt is now playing in the Premier League against two defenders is that enough in the Championship we've seen last year? But now you're up against players who are not just aggressive and can play a little, most of them can play a lot. So, you know, when you're looking or hunting for those mistakes off them, they ain't coming. They don't come anywhere near as often. No, do they? you're backing in, they're just as strong or they're as clever where they nick in front of you or one goes in front one goes behind and things like that or the midfielder comes and is taking off you so you know everything stepped up for Kenneth and you know it's not just him who needs to step up I think the way they play in that final third needs to be given a bit of thought Does does Bobby Reid come into this Jay? Because he was one we probably surprised to see omitted from the team um, against Newcastle obviously played up front on his own against Bournemouth does he fit in either instead of or alongside Zahor? Um, 
You can't see Cardiff playing two up front. That's the problem. No, no, I don't no. think. I don't think Warner. I don't think Warner would, Warner would do it, would he? No. You can't. You can't. If you play someone obviously in advanced midfield role, again, you still lose someone in midfield. Um, I see. Reed, well, like, Reed has played with a six or a ten. Reed has played. Mm. Um, has played midfield. Could he? He could be turned into well, a midfielder. Well, I think you could either play two, like Arda and Camarasa with Reed ahead, or Arda and Rawls with Reed ahead, mm. or. You play one holding and two ahead as we that's did what we've, That's what we've seen so far, isn't so, it? I think you'd need like a Gunnarsson in, in midfield if you're yeah, going to play really advanced role. Someone, yeah. someone do the dirty work. I, don't, I only see him as a winger at the moment while Cardiff get their feet on the ground in the Premier League. Um, Reed, this. Yeah, yeah. Reed, sorry. Um, and then I think you can explore that sort of attacking role in just home games when they need, to, when they need goals and they need points. Um, but at the moment... Like this point on Sat on Saturday is just this is what they need. They need to build up points. They need to get their feet on the ground. Um, I still thought that the defence, for example, was a little bit shaky in the first ten minutes. There's still this sort of rabbed in the headlights from games to start in. And there's only two games in. That's understandable. They really settled out for ten minutes, and and, and that's what I they need. Great to get points on the ball. Yeah, I thought the back four looked back to his best. Well, that's the foundations you know. for, isn't it? And first ten minutes, like like James says, you're always going to be a bit, you know. It is still early Diana, early days. Early Diana. <laughs> <laughs> early doors, we used to say, early Diana doors. But it's still early days, so you, you know you expect them, you know, not to bring it down and play, play, play. You expect them to, get you know, there. no risk, just get away, and they did. But I felt the back four was as solid as I've seen it. I thought they were really good with the keeper in behind them and Riles in front of them. I thought that worked really well in fairness to him. And those wingers, we talk about attacking positions, but those wingers are key defensive positions as well. Well, they are, but like I said, I still do think, like, if you're breaking the game down, so there was a couple of times where, you know, um, Bruno, Manga, he's, he's actually inside in a position so where, say, Camarasa should be, and the ball's on the right-hand side, and Hoyler had it, he's turning, looking to play back to Bruno, and Bruno's inside him, and Bruno thinks, what should I do? So Bruno makes a run forward, right? Now I'm saying, what you're doing is taking a man in then, in behind Hoyler's man, so that's just a defender not really knowing the attack side of the game, so what he needs to do is come out, so Hoyler can pass it back to him, then it goes to Morrison, then it goes around, and then out towards Bennett. But Bennett often was too high up. So he was marking his winger. Even when we had the ball and we're trying to keep possession. That's where Bennett needs to sprint. Realise what's going on. Sprint only 20 yards. So the ball goes out. Morrison, Bamba, Bennett. And then nothing on. Goes back across. Maybe into Etheridge. Maybe. And it just. What it'll do is just give you a bit of. And start, you'll start understanding control in the game. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But you want to see Bennett high up though, because he yeah, is the one who can yeah, but you're only, support Murphy. No, no, no. You're only high up when you're when it's called for. You don't just play high up. You yeah. know what I mean? You, yeah, you yeah. play high up when it's called for. You play deep when it's called for. You play in between when it's called for. It depends where the game is. But I felt there was a couple of times when Manga was caught out of position, not from a defensive standpoint, from us attacking. He was in like the wrong position. He was in a bit of a no man's land. So he needs to just be aware. But all he's got to be thinking to himself, I'm going to be up behind Hoylet. If yeah. I'm behind Hoylet, I'm in the right position. 
And then at times, when I can see Junior's 10 yards off the touchline and he's inside and he's walking with the ball and I can get around the outside and that's my key. You know, it's pretty basic and pretty simple, you know. And from there, you start to develop an understanding between the two because it's only the second game. And okay, they might have played a bit last season. But that understanding now up against tougher, better opposition Calibre, isn't it? needs to grow again. And I, I just feel both of them, Bennett, Manga, great games defensively. But the next step now is, right, how do I go and join in? Because I can imagine Murphy and, and Bennett. Well, Bennett's that's got what a I was going to say. In tandem, they'd be... Well, tremendous. he's got a great cross on the run, Bennett has. That's what he has got. And he's Pace quick. As well. And he's, you know, he can dig as well. So, you know, if those two full-backs and wingers can start developing an understanding and a partnership themselves, you know, again, you get chances which are going to help Zahor and, you know, create goal chances. Well, I think chances. Cardiff are one of the, probably one of the few teams. You see a lot of teams in the Premier League now building through the middle. Mm. Cardiff are one of the few teams not afraid to use the flanks, get it out wide, and get the crosses in, like you say. Mm. But I still feel, I don't know what you feel about this, Jamie, right-back's still a problem position for me. I still don't know who they should play there, who's best there. They all, have, they all seem to bring different strengths to it. Yeah, I, th- I said this when the transfer window closed. This, this right back position is is well short of depth. Uh, no, no doubt about that. It's not short of options, um, though, is it? No, because you've got Peltier, who is sort of a defender. He's, he's nothing more. He's a he's a good defender. But you're not going to see him get up the line. You're not going to see him put crosses in the box. Doesn't want to be up there. He's uncomfortable up there. Then you've got Richards, who I think he can't defend in a, in a back four. He's an okay defender, but he's not good enough to defend in a back four. Even if he he's much better at a back five, yes, because he he can sort of do that middle ground defending and, and concentrate on getting forward while he's got protection and centre backs behind him. And then Bruno Manga, like Blake alluded to, he's he's natural centre back, so he's not really sure. He always gravitates like positionally, like he says. He does, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which but is not bad in this in, in in the Premier League because he's always covering Morrison. And he did a good job on Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. had a terrible game. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And you've got to say, Hoyland on that side, on the right side, the lucky. Because the one side they are short of options is Hoyland is very good defensively. Mm. Positionally, he's really good as a winger. Great great him. Mm. So he can protect the fullback. So if you're going to be short on one of the, on one of the one of the sides, at least it's the side where you've got Hoyland, whereas Murphy's a bit more rash at the moment, a bit more raw, only wants to attack sort of thing. You learn defensively, but Hoyland's got that experience, so. No, I think you've been a bit kind, un, unkind to Murphy there. I think he does. Yeah, well, Warnock, I think he's done. But Warnock in his Friday press conference mm. did actually pick out. So I think Rob Phillips, actually, mm. your colleague for the BBC, said, Is Murphy banging on the door? He made a great impact at Bournemouth. And mm. then Warnock sort of tongue in cheek goes, Well, Back he gave goal. away the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a bit harsh, to be honest with you. Because yeah. he, he was with him. He just got muscled. And the boy has just done him, basically. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes that's going to happen. You are going to get beat. But still, you know. I thought he should show a bit more. Inte- no, when he sort of chases him, he sort of gets on his back. Yeah, he yeah. He should just cut across and yeah, cut the yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sort of positional experience. Yeah. Well, but in the last minute of a game when Cardiff need to win the game already trailing, I don't know if you can blame Murphy too much. Like no, you said. I don't. I don't think so. I I think it was. I think he's been playing that position. You know. What. Six years, seven years, probably yeah. since he was probably turned sixteen, probably younger. So he, he will understand that wing position. You know, it's just whether or not he's prepared to do the work. And for me, he works hard enough, most definitely. You know, what I don't think I think what you got to realize as well is if he's your biggest threat going forward, as long as he does the work, not be the best defender. 
that's not you know that you forgive him you know, well, not forgive him that's part and parcel of the game mm. otherwise you're going to say okay Bennett I want to see you getting forward and crossing balls all the time well he's the left back well I don't care I want you to do as much as Murphy going forward well that doesn't make sense the defender he focuses on emphasises on defence and gets forward when he can the attacker gets forward and gets back as much as he can to help his his defender and for me I think Murphy. I thought I felt Murphy was our best player. Yeah, along alongside Arthur, I would I would have said. Yeah, but I think it. He was the biggest threat. Certainly the biggest threat. Yeah, but I, I think this is all ties into the argument, which I don't think Cardiff were best a best playing five at the back with wing backs because I don't think you can play natural attacking wingers, which is when they're at their best. Yeah. And you want to get two of Hoyler. Murphy, Mendes, Lang in the team at all times. I think you can't afford to have one of them, mate. And that, I think mm. that'll be that'd be shooting yourself in the Do foot. You play a back three with Mendes, Lang as a right wing back. Not for me. I no. don't. I don't think in the Premier League. I think I think Jazz would be the perfect player if you're going to play that, or maybe even mm. Patterson, who we mm. we've not spoken about on this podcast because he he came on and now seems to be not first choice in the midfield behind oh, Arthur and Camaras. That's, that's just life, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's, You'll understand right, that. What you got to do is improve. Top scorer last season, Blakey. Yeah, but you got to improve. Last season, mate, you know, for the lottery yesterday, I still put a ticket on the day. That's, that's gone. Would you? Yeah. Would you really? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I guess you got just as much Be chance. the first to win it twice. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll bring this... Uh, oh, no, sorry. Final point in this debate. Mm. Um, something that the fans are talking about is uh, Gary Medine and yeah. where he fits in. We talk about Zahor, we talk about aerial ability. Mm-hmm. Here is a striker who has aerial ability, mm. hasn't really shown the goal scoring touch with Cardiff, hasn't shown the goal scoring touch at all. Mm. Does he come into it at any point? What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Um, I've got to say, with Zahor, you've got to give him credit for the first sort of 20, 20 30 minutes in particular. Um, with Reed against Bournemouth, he was sort of making all these runs, not getting the ball. Uh, with Zahor, you can just put him behind and he'll go in behind and win free kicks. And, and that's where Cardiff are going to thrive. They're going to win free kicks. They're not going to score that many goals more than play, however good they are. Huddersfield found that out last season. So he gets in behind, he wins free kicks. That's, that's what he's good at. But what this, and I asked Warnock about this on Saturday, this this sort of head-in thing where it, I used to do it. I'm a winger when I play, well, used to play football. Um, so I used to get, love getting the ball at my feet, running up players, but, but I hate the head and the ball mm. for one reason or another. So I do, you know, I'd sort of, Get enough on it to flick it away, but I didn't like getting up and smashing the ball off my forehead. I never liked doing that, and so I do this thing with Zahor does, sort of not expected and just glance at it up for the best and for oh I didn't expect that ball to come across, but he's got to expect that ball to come across. Yeah, and sort of if it's ninety five percent that defender head in it, then great gamble on the five percent. Get up there and be prepared to head that ball. Don't be surprised when it gets to you because there's always a chance it will. And that's what Gary Medine will do because his game's all about heading the ball. It's all about flicking the ball on. He's not like Zahor where he likes the ball to his feet, turns and runs. He won't do that. He'll just be a target man in the box. Um, you need a blend of the two. Yeah. He'll gamble. Well, I was going to say, the problem you've got then is when you need someone to play the ball into their feet, that's not Medine's which is 90% of stuff. the time where the ball is going to be, it's, you know, Cardiff, in fairness, are not going to have lots of possession of the ball. So, you know, getting crosses in and what have you is going to be, you know, if you get three chances a game from a header or a cross, you take that right now. But the other 95% of the game is going to be right into feet, 
you know, rolling people, turning people. So, like you said, you, you need to amalgamate almost with two <laughs> players. That's a sort of problem all over the pitch, in, in a sense. Like mm. you said, with, with a right back, you know, I think that's the thing with this Cardiff squad. Whereas Wolves and Fulham might have bought players who are ready, Cardiff have got players who still need to work on bits of the game. So, if you put them together, they're all good players. Mm. But, you know, like you said, maybe they are sort of 10% amalgamate each Langer and Richards than you would, or you can yeah. amalgamate Medine and mm. uh, mm. Zahor. I, I, I feel for Medine. I really do. Uh, I, I, I still, you know, still say stranger things have happened, and you can end up being a hero out of nothing. Someone go down injured, you come on, you nick a goal in the 89th minute, your confidence shoots through the roof. You nick a goal then in a cup game, maybe on a Wednesday, Tuesday night. But if you just scored that penalty, it's going to be very different. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, you ever know. had that, Blakey, when you you arrived at a club? you've been bought for goals the goals haven't quite arrived straight away yeah when I went to Bolton uh, they told me when I signed for Colin he, he said to me all we needed someone just to knock it in the net and I was like okay great I can do that no problem and then after a couple of games you realise no, we're not good enough Then you're not going to get chances to put the ball in the net so you know it's so okay saying you need, you need someone to do it but that's not actually the source of the problem the source of the problem is you're not even creating chances so, yeah. you know, getting that someone to knock the ball in there is all well and good, but you need to get it there first. So, yeah, I've been there. I've been there a few times. And what can you do? You have to... If you're, if you're, if you're someone like Zahor, not so much a Medine, if you're someone like Zahor, you have to be able to create chances for yourself, which you can, and he has shown he can, in the Championship. He's now got to take that into the Premier League, simple as that, because you're not going to get four chances a game you'd be lucky to get two you'd be lucky sometimes to get one and that's where your concentration level and your practice of finishing and what have you all comes into play because when you get that opportunity boom you've got to be you've got to be hitting the target yeah do you think it's an information thing because what I think was a whole is he needs to be told what to do yeah he's Um, he's not he's not coached at the moment yeah right he he, he, there's no like I know the coaches don't thank me for saying it, but I still think they could have brought in a top coach who Neil Warnock just managed, told him, right, yeah, we're doing this. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll take that on board. And then the other coaches, they bring their piece. An attack coach sort of thing. Right. So I would have brought someone in. And also, I think as a player, you have your own self-responsibility to understand the level you're playing at and to... If you're watching Man United v Man City, you don't just watch it and be a fan. You watch Aguero, you watch the runs he makes, you try and emulate that, you try and copycat that in your game, even if it's one or two things. Do you know what I mean? You watch a Lukaku, you say, right, Lukaku is very similar to me. Right, where's his runs? What's his strengths? Where's it? Can I do that? Can Zohar get the ball in the feet and turn and run like Lukaku? 100%. Do you know what I mean? So you don't just watch as a fan. You, you're always watching the player, whether he's in League Two or Champions League, you're trying to watch and see, well, is there anything I can nick from that? That was a good little movie done there. Mm. Might try that myself. So for someone like Zahor, if he's not going to get the coaching, he's got to rapidly understand that I'm going to have to learn these different runs on the job and make my own life easier. Otherwise, he's going to be shattered within 10 games, 12 games, because you think... After Huddersfield, the next three games, don't think Cardiff are going to see the ball much. No. 
So it's just going to be battle, battle, battle. And you're up against two, more, more than likely, be two top international defenders on your own. Yeah. You know, I've been there, done that. It's not fun. It's well, not a bit of that confidence, wasn't it, for both him and, uh, and Gary Medine? I still, I, the mark. I'll, still, I'll still maintain, if it was me, I would play Murphy in, in, in that position. We may yet see it. Yeah. Might see or kind of the you know, battle ram him for 60, 70 minutes. If he doesn't get a goal, then bring on a, a read. To, to open them up and do the other one just stretch 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 or Medina switch did Murphy. that quite well last season I think Millwall away was he sort of played Medina he just roughed them up he got involved yeah. and they brought some quick players on that way and yeah. there's a hole up top and it yeah. worked much better so maybe they can do that against like you say Arsenal uh, I think they all got a part to play before we bring Medina this, um, included before we bring this debate to an end can I just put a name in Omar Bogle Talking about a, a striker with pace. You can take that name out now. With a bit of size. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at what Bogle did. For put Cardiff. it in then. Pull it out, please. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen all my. Listen. Not, that. I, not at all. No. no I've seen all my um, Swansea Birmingham the other day. Done okay, but Premier League now. No, I agree. Not, not right now. Fair Maybe enough. if he improves, no problem. No, it's but worth asking the question. Yeah, you can dip it in, but please, <laughs> dip it out. All right, well, I've asked my question, and after the break, we're going to answer some of the listeners' questions. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. So it's time for some Ask Blakey and a really good one from Dave Newman on Facebook to, get, that, us, uh, Dave. to get us going. He says, watching Hoyler over a period of time, I can see that he has pace and runs into clever positions. Mm. Um, he says, the area that he needs to improve his game, however, is shooting and passing accuracy. Would you agree, Blakey? Um, he says, Hoyler needs to improve his shooting and his passing accuracy. I think what Dave is on about is when Hoyler's on the run and a couple of times he gave the ball away Saturday when he's trying to run at pace and pass the ball. Um, I wouldn't say he needs to improve it. I would say he can do it. But yeah, yeah, he can, he can improve on it. Yeah, it's that sort of intricate play in yeah, the final yeah, third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's maybe. the final. But that's what the problem is. We've highlighted that from the get-go. It's yeah. the final third where Cardiff need work well, on, on Saturday showing. Absolutely. And on similar lines in the final third, Sam Reen asks... Um, do you think Cardiff should put Hoyler on the bench against Huddersfield and maybe play Murphy and Mendes Lang as the two wingers? Um, I, can, I can definitely see that happening because I think Mendes Lang brings something different to the right. More power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still think you kind of mess with his confidence a bit. Hoyler's. At this point, yeah. And if you remember last season, it took him four or five games to get going. So right now, I think Junior's the type of boy that if I'm Neil Warnock, I'm telling him he's um, he's my top man, really, because you know we've seen him do some incredible things. What well, he did last season, and I think if he can, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, the opposition's a bit better quality, but mate, if you drop your shoulder or step over someone, you know, regardless if they're an international defender or a League Two defender, you drop your shoulder, right? People just go for that that motion. So, you know, I give him three or four games, and I think you know. Hoyler's one of those who's done it before in the Premier League. Yeah, well, so. I wouldn't be looking to, to replace Hoyler any time soon. I thought he was unlucky on Saturday because he, he was sort of Murphy was against uh, Mankey or really struggled, and it, and and Hoyler was against Paul Dummett, who was a really solid, ex, now experienced defender, mm. and he, he had nothing to get in the first half. Hoyler just 
kept on getting dispossessed by Dummett. You can see in the second half, uh, Hoyland just, just swapped over to the other side uh, where Hayden was before he got sent off. And, and he just he had a field day. Yeah. Um, so I thought, out of Saturday's game, uh, Murphy looks, comes out a lot better. But I think, although, uh, yes, that's down to Murphy's ability as well, it's, it's also about the defenders he'll face on the day as well. Yeah, and you are going to get times where you're up against a tough defender. Yeah. It's just not your you know, day. What you're gonna battle, say, you've got to win it. You've got to say, right, what are you going to say? Um, yeah, uh, Murphy, you come over and you have a go against a tough defender because he's doing me at the moment. And okay, if you're going to concede that, no problem. You know, but you know that. But find an answer. You you have to find an answer because if Murphy can't do him, then you're in major trouble. Sort of trial and error, isn't it? With with, with yeah, those I just, three. I just think, I just think I think for Cardiff, it's there's it's two things: more work in the final third and around the box. And when it doesn't break, when it doesn't, when you don't score or don't get an opportunity, be patient. Come back out and go around. Because at the moment, they're thinking we're going to get a, a full-out attack with a shot at the end of it or a corner on every time we go forward. You know, and the crowd is going to have to play their part. They're going to have to be a bit more patient because up and at them, boom, 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 boom. Listen, you run out of legs in 60 minutes and by the time Christmas comes, they'll be shattered. So you have to be able to manage the game a bit better as well. So there's two things for me. That game management, like I said earlier about players being in the right position and coming out and just keeping the ball just to give forward players, people like Kenneth, a breather. Because every time you want an attack and you're looking for me all the time and every time... And I'm like, fellas, <laughs> I'm holding off like these two, yeah. you know, LaSalle's and what's the other geezer's name? Clark. Uh, Kieran Clark. I'm holding these two geezers off and they're athletic very athletic they're beasts and they love to come forward and come in front one get in front of me one behind and then people complaining because I can't put the ball in it in the 60th 70th minute Ayo, I'm tired <laughs> well, <along laughs> and similar, my concentration level is, is, is dipping diminished yeah, yeah. Well, along, along similar lines on the on the goal problem that we've discussed Jake Moores on Twitter says Blakey are you, not, are you not worried with how we're performing going forward only two shots on target in two games and haven't scored yet, is this not slightly worrying? It's slightly worrying in the sense that you need to get something up at Huddersfield because the next three games, you're looking for a bonus out of one of them. I don't think you can go lose to Huddersfield and then lose to the next three. You know, you are going to have to pick up a point against Arsenal or Man City, highly unlikely, yes, we know, or Chelsea. You are going to have to, it's as simple as that. And what often happens is the games you predict or we'll get beat there and we'll focus on this, this and this and this. You kind of, the players go in with no fear, not really, but, and everything's heightened because it's a massive game against one of the top teams and you don't want to get embarrassed. So you end up nicking a point or all three. You know, it happened to Man City in, in 13, 14 here. So. It's a long season as well, isn't it? I mean, it's two, a very long season. Games, judging it, two games. Yeah, I don't think... That, you can make, you can critique performance and where things need to improve or get a bit better or play a bit quicker or keep the ball a bit more. But in general, I don't think you can say, oh, that's solidified. They can't do that or this or that or that. You know what I mean? It's still, it's so early days, mate. One more here from, then from Jonathan Davis. He says, a bit harsh on Rouse here, but do you think dropping him and putting Reed behind the striker would offer more of a goal threat? We touched on this before. But I think it would offer more of a goal threat, obviously. It's the protection, isn't it? But oh, then you're going to lose. Yeah, you're going to lose goals in, at the same time because you lose protection of your back four. So 
I always say, even from a striker's point of view, you know what I mean? I'd always say, if we don't concede and I don't score, we take a point. Mm. Yeah. However, if we concede and I don't get any chances, we don't take any points. So for me, as a striker, I always say, solidify the back, the midfield, and kind of leave the front till the last. Do you know what I mean? So that's where we're at at the moment. And the more we can pick up a win sooner or later, sooner rather than later, and then points, and just keep accumulating, you know, every month you want to get four or five points if you can, you know, we'll be in a, a much better position, a much more comfortable position. It's about experience as well, because I, I think last year kind of really found the, the niche of like kicking the ball. They just kept hammering the ball in the box and defenders keep heading out and eventually it, it wearing down. Mm. In this league, you keep putting the ball in the box, defenders will show off a striker, they let it go to the goalkeeper, they're more intelligent. Mm. So bring they the ball down, yeah, they, they bring yeah. the ball down and Cardiff are not going to find joy like that, which is fine. And with two games in, there's no need, no need for Cardiff fans to panic. I understand this is it's, it's, it's a long season and yet it feels mm. short because three games down the line when you've played three of the top six and you've lost everyone, you think, oh God, we haven't scored. But it, it'll come, and like, like Blakey says, it's about finding confidence, about finding what you're good at. It's about thinking about what you can get away with against Premier League defenders. And, and that's the thing with this this team, you've got to cut them to flat because they, they haven't got Premier League experience. They, they don't know what they can get away with against these top teams. Uh, and they'll find out. That the only way to do you that is by playing the ball games. Yeah, like we said, said last week, uh, against Bournemouth, got to be a bit cuter. Yeah. But they're going to have to learn quickly. And that was a lesson, and there'll be lots more lessons around the corner, I'm sure. Well, you're hoping there won't be. You're hoping by the time you get seven or eight games in, they're, you know, they're, they're up to speed with how this league is, what they're up against, you know. They have switched on. You've got to be a bit cuter and you've got to be a bit sharper. Uh, and like Jamie says, defenders are a bit cleverer, you know. Up at Bournemouth, you remember Dom? Were you at Bournemouth, Jay? Oh, was that? Right, so there's a, there's, a, there's a point where um, the left-back, Daniels, I think it yeah, was. Charlie Daniels. The ball came out to him and he was just inside his own half and the nearest player was probably six yards away from him. And he's headed it. The crowd go, boo! Charlie, get it down! <laughs> this is a Bournemouth now, you know, because their whole mind frame has changed. What they watch, no, no, we don't head it away to nowhere. You're a defender, there's, there's no attacker right next to you, so bring it down and play. That's where we're at now. Yeah, Cardiff will be, we, Cardiff fans will be doing that in a few weeks, no doubt. We'll see. Some great questions, yeah. though. But again, sorry, just to go back, what James was saying there, what basically he's saying is, Coaching needs to be better. Do you know what I mean? Your ideas need to be better. You need to hit the opposition with something different. Do you know what I mean? Or, or you know, have a few more patterns into your play. Hence what we're saying. Final third, there needs to be, you know, an improvement, more ideas. Not to just give Zahor more opportunity, but to give the whole team more opportunity. Do you know what I mean? In yeah, the final third. No, it's not on just on Zahor. You know, we need... To, we need defenders scoring goals. We need Murphy scoring goals. We need Hoylet scoring goals. Mendes Lang chipping in. You know, Medin coming off the bench or starting games chipping in. You know, Reed chipping in with eight or nine goals. You need, the, 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 you know, I don't think we've got a 25-goal striker anywhere, mm. right? Which, okay, if you haven't got that and you're not renowned as a team who's going to be creating loads of chances because at this moment in time, 
we're not playing that way, but we're getting better. We have got better in comparison to our last game. Then you have to see, right, how are we going to get our 30, 40 goals this season? Set pieces are still king, aren't they, of Cardiff? But they're not as effective. Because you've just said yourself, Jay, defenders are cleverer. So where you might get 10 set pieces in a championship and 10 in the Premier League and you get eight opportunities at goal, if you looked at Saturday, how many times did the army was in front of Morrison? Bang! That bang Header. by chance, though, he should have scored. Bang. Have yeah, yeah, bang, but that's yeah. one. In another in the game last season, you were getting every set piece, yeah, yeah, yeah. corner, free kick. You're thinking, there's every chance of a goal here. Saturday, and that was just the army who was a midfielder. You're not a top centre-back, but you had Lascelles, and it was the one time Lascelles went over the top of Zahor, I think. He was way up in the air. But they're athletes, mate. Mm, you think so, like going to Spurs so and going to Chelsea in their centre-backs right Alderweireld and people yeah. like that they're just going to they, you know they're bullies a whore mm. or they will try to do you know what I mean so if you have 10 set pieces last season and got 8 goals this season if you have 10 set pieces expect to get 2 or 3 huge tests it, it, everything is you know has improved so everything we do and everything about us and I mean everything and everyone has to try and improve simple as that well, some great questions came in there from uh, we didn't get to answer from Gareth Pierce, Andrew Jenkins, Rob Lay, among others. We're going to have to uh, get on to our final part of the podcast, uh, which is, of course, looking at Huddersfield this weekend. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. So the Huddersfield camp obviously feeling probably lower in spirits than Cardiff, having lost their first two games. They have scored, though. What are we expecting from this weekend's game? And is it one that Cardiff really have to target, Blakey? Hugely. Yeah. You know, home and away, you target the likes of Huddersfield, Watford, Southampton, you know, all these teams you know struggling with a bit of confidence or whatever. You go into well, Watford and not struggling with confidence. They're all right at the moment. There but, are plenty of those teams. Yeah, the... there's plenty of those teams that you have to target. Otherwise, who do you target? If you're not targeting Huddersfield, who, who, who's your target on the back of? Well, they've got to be one of... If, if Cardiff are looking at three potential teams to finish ahead of... These got to be no one of them. No disrespect to the Terriers, but yeah. they've got to be one. And Absolutely. They, they've faced two two good sides in their first two games, Huddersfield, but obviously come yeah. in stock in yeah. both uh, in And both you don't games. look at Huddersfield and think, even with an extra, uh, a year on us in the Premier League, oh, that's a Premier League outfit they're still trying to get there. Whereas Bournemouth, you feel, that's a Premier League outfit. Do you know what I mean? Huddersfield still, still trying to get there. You know, it does take two or three years of, you know, whether you finish 16th or whether you finish 12th or whatever, it does take two or three years to become, an, in your own mind, established. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is a game that Cardiff can ill afford to lose for me. They can't go up there and think... Well, they're not going to think anything other than we need to win the game or get a point out of the game. Worst case scenario. But, um, you know, these are the type of games you have to target and say, you know, we can ill afford to lose. Jamie, what are your thoughts? And uh, we're going to ask you for a, pred- a prediction as well in place of Abbo in the, in the podcast. Um, I think it's going to be quite difficult. Uh, Cardiff can't really concede first up there. I mean, they've got a really good backing. And it's a strange game because, like, the Newcastle one, it was, yes, the first home game. But you look at Newcastle squad and think, they have got a few good players who would hurt Cardiff and, and if they lose 
if they end up losing sort of 2-0 then that's a lesson learned you can't really fold that against Huddersfield with no disrespect to them um, it will be interesting David Wagner's a very good coach so we've come, come to learn now the last last couple of years with him in English football and that's an interesting dynamic alone uh, between Warnock who's sort of uh, a little bit more pragmatic and Wagner who, who has got that side to him I have to say he's not all tactical not all that sort of clipboard manager he, he has got that sort of Pragmatism, uh, which which kept Huddersfield up last season, um, but like they stayed up with twenty eight goals. Which yeah, I thought was, was astonishing. I was just going to say they sort of that is what Cardiff are going to have to do. Going to have to look at. They're going to have to hope for a little bit of luck and hope for a, a low amount of goals is enough. Um, I mean, Cardiff had a good record against Huddersfield. Uh, when the last game there three 0 I think at yeah. the end of the Championship year before last. Beat them a couple of times at home. Um, my memory serves me right. And like you say, we've just got to go up and try and win the game and. But first and foremost, it's an away game, so a point will do from any away game in this league. But um, I agree with Blakey, they can't, they can't go and lose this. Your prediction then, Jamie? Um, well, you just mentioned they can't score goals now, they can Cardiff <laughs> go nil-nil. Nil-nil, there we go. Exciting one for uh, for Jamie. I'm going to be ultra-positive because of the way Cardiff played uh, last week and the way that Huddersfield are uh, sitting at the moment. I'm going to predict a bold Cardiff 2-0 win up at the, uh, the John Smiths. Uh, and Blakey is now going to include his Cardiff Huddersfield prediction alongside the rest of his Premier League predictions. Okay. Uh, when he stops scribbling notes on a little notepad. Yeah. We've got uh, the first game, Wolves Man City. I've gone Wolves 1, Man City 3. Obvious reasons. I think Wolves will be up for it at Wolves. You know, it'll be a magnificent occasion. But Man City are just, they've, they've actually got better, which I didn't think was possible. Um, Mende, wow. Uh, Arsenal, West Ham. Uh, I think West Ham have started. Well, they haven't started too good. Neither have Arsenal, but I do feel Arsenal looked decent in their last run out. I felt West Ham were struggling in the middle of midfield. I think. I don't think Wiltshire and um, Captain Noble. Noble. I, I think you need a bit more legs and strength in there. So I've gone for 2-1 West Ham. 2-1 uh, West Ham? 2-1 West, uh, Arsenal, sorry. Uh, Bournemouth-Everton, I've gone for a 2-2 draw. I think, you know, both teams in good form. Uh, Huddersfield-Cardiff, I've gone for 2-1 Cardiff. Because I think Huddersfield, yes, you've got a goal, but you've got zero points. I'd rather have no... No shots and a point rather than <laughs> a shot. No point. So I've gone for Cardiff. And Cardiff do well away from home at teams like Huddersfield. They always have, or they have in the last year or two. Um, so I've gone 2 1 Cardiff. Uh, Southampton, Leicester have gone Southampton, nil, Leicester 1. Because I think Leicester just, you know, they're probably a mid table team. Southampton are struggling a bit. They're another one. I think Cardiff got to finish above Southampton. Southampton, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Liverpool, Brighton have gone. Liverpool three, Brighton two. Ooh. I think Liverpool are susceptible to goals. I think Brighton will get one or two, and they'll be confident off the back of their last result. My kids don't like that last result, so I won't mention <laughs> the team. Um, but I think Liverpool are run out winners. Uh, Watford Palace I've gone for a 2-2 draw with that one because I think both of them are in good form it's a good game on the field yeah well. that is a great game it's the kind of game I like to go and watch actually two attacking sides yeah yeah. so I've gone for a 2-2 draw with that Fulham Burnley 
have gone a 1 0 win for Fulham. I think Burnley, they started, they, they not look leggy, but I don't know if it's this European Cup or not, but they seem to have, they don't seem to have the spark they did at the start of last season. Uh, and Fulham, I feel, they will yeah, gradually get better, similar to ourselves. And it takes time to get used to Premier League. So I've gone for a 1 0 win because Burnley look. Like they're not going to get a goal at the moment. And then Newcastle, Chelsea, I've gone Chelsea 3 2. Uh, but um, Newcastle, uh, Chelsea, I just think uh, if they want the challenge for the Premier League title, they will. They seem to be clicking, don't they? They're just that yeah. good. Uh, and then Man United, Spurs, I've actually gone for a 2 1 win for Spurs because I think there's so much going on at United at the moment. And I know a lot of it is press talk. And you never know what's going on behind closed doors. But, you know, something Gary Neville said, and I thought it was significant when he's seen um, the chairman or chief executive sitting in the stand after the game just to be a, a bit longer because he wanted the cameras on him and things like that. I think there's, I think there's a lot of turmoil going on at United at the moment. And I feel Mourinho has upset so many, well, a good five or six players he dug out last season. And... Deservedly so, for me. I don't think there's anything wrong with a manager digging you out from time to time. But they seem to be, those players don't seem to be now willing to run through concrete for him. So I've gone for Spurs 2 1 away win at Old Trafford. Very interesting, Blakey. I'm just, you got four results right last week, but no actual scores. So we're giving you one point for every result and two points for every score. So that's four points for the season so far. That's all right. Four out of, yeah. four out of ten results. Respectable. Take that. We'll yeah. keep a strict tally on that throughout the third season <laughs> and see how you get on. But that's all we've got time for uh, on today's podcast. Thanks, Jamie and Nathan. Big thanks to Jamie. Yeah. Top man, Jamie. Fantastic all stuff all. from both of you. Uh, you can, of course, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Listen on Acast or on Spotify. And, of course, Wales Online is the place for all your Cardiff City news. Thanks for listening to the podcast brought to you in association with Giovanni's. Uh, and we'll see you very soon.